Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to the Women of Golf Show. Uh, I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, each and every week is LPGA professional and Legends Tour player Cindy Miller, and we are the hosts of the Women of Golf Show. Cindy, welcome back. Well, thank you, Ted. It's great to be here. Yeah, we well, we had a, a couple of weeks actually. I was um, had somebody scheduled last week, and unfortunately, um, they weren't able to to make it, so I ended up ultimately canceling. Cindy was, of course, at the P, uh, KPMG. Uh, championship and uh, we're going to talk to her a little bit about that but uh, let me just remind everybody of course uh, we are live here on blogtalkradio.com every Tuesday morning unless otherwise stated uh, from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and uh, the quickest way to go uh, to find us is go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf and that will uh, bring you right to the uh, to the main page and always during the live broadcast we're right there at the top Uh, otherwise uh, if you're not able to join us live uh, and you're going to listen to the recorded version, just scroll down to the on-demand section, and that will have the previously aired shows as well. Uh, also, for those of you that like to uh, surf around on iTunes, go to iTunes under the podcast section, and it's at iTunes.com. And again, just type in the search key, Women of Golf, and that will take you to the main uh, page there on iTunes for those of you that uh, like to listen at that format. Uh, you can also speak to us live uh, during the broadcast if you want. You can call in at area code 347-945-5855. And you can also email any questions or comments about the show to womenofgolf at gmail.com. And um, also, for those of you that maybe are interested, if you're in the golf profession, uh, maybe you're a teacher, coach, or an entrepreneur, maybe an author like uh, one of our guests today, and uh, you'd like to uh, join us uh, for some discussion on the program, you can reach out to Cindy at cindy at cindymillergolf.com. You can also reach out to me as well at ted.golftalklive.com at gmail.com. Got a great show for you this morning. Cindy and I are welcome, uh, going to be welcoming here just shortly uh, Jackie Stolting. She's uh, the winner of the 2016 Fusilo Kia Championship, which was held, uh, I think, the week before last, if I'm not mistaken, at Capitol Hill in Albany, New York. And then a little bit later on, we're going to be joined by uh, Sue Weiger, who is the number one best-selling author and keynote speaker, and she's also a 22-year veteran as a LPJ Class A golf professional. She'll be joining us uh, in the conversation a little bit later on in the show. But, uh, Cindy, while we're waiting for Jackie, and, and I was uh, starting to tell you just before we came on uh, air a few moments ago, uh, Jackie is actually, I, I think, at an event as we speak, and she's uh, out, uh, I guess, in a practice round. So she's going to be calling in from on the golf course. So she's not going to have a lot of time with us this morning, but uh, she's going to make uh, make every attempt to, to call in uh, while she's, I guess, on her practice round and have a, a little bit of discussion about uh, her win and so forth. But you were at the KPMG last week. How did it go? I was. I was. So the executive committee of the LPGA gets together three times a year, and we have meetings to discuss the strategy and what's going on with the LPGA. 
And we met last week, and we had a leadership meeting with the commissioner of the LPGA, Mike Wan. And then we were um, we had the chance to teach a clinic to all the high-powered women executives uh, from KPMG and their guests from all over the country. And that was really wow. fun on Tuesday. And then we went to a reception Tuesday night. And then Wednesday we were able to uh, listen in on the KPMG Women's Summit where we got to hear Condoleezza Rice and Annika Sorenstan, and it was it was great. It was a great week. I was so grateful I got to be able to be there. You know, what, what's interesting uh, about what you were just saying is this is really an opportunity. I mean, as as you and I both know, women's golf is, is growing leaps and bounds. In fact, it is growing faster than any other demographic in the golf industry right now. Um, juniors is probably a close second, but um, uh, women's golf is joining. So this is really a great opportunity to reach out to a lot of uh, women executives uh, with, with some of the, uh, the new trends, if you will, that's happening in women's golf, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. But mainly it's to teach them that, well, the logo or the mantra for the whole week was Inspire Greatness. And so how do you inspire greatness? You teach people how to lead, you teach people how to dream, you encourage and inspire people. So it was really very, very uplifting. It was awesome. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, Condoleezza Rice, of course, uh, most of you know her from her uh, her time in, in Washington, but she's also an avid golfer, very avid golfer. And, of course, we all know um, legendary Annika Sorenstam, who – uh, has won multiple majors on the LPGA Tour and is uh, just a phenomenal player. And uh, of course, is not playing uh, regularly on the on the tour anymore, but um, just doing so much to give back to golf. So, two great powerhouse women, of course, to uh, to be a part of that summit. I'm sure. Yeah, it was awesome, and it was just you know very uplifting. Exactly. Well, um, as I mentioned, um, Cindy. Jackie Stolting is going to be joining us here, and I see she's ready right now, so we better bring her out because she's, as I, as I understand, she's going to be out in the golf course, so we want to give her an opportunity to come in and talk with us. So uh, let me just bring in uh, the winner of the Symmetra Tours 2016 Fusilo Kia Championship, uh, as I said, which held in Capitol Hill in Albany, New York. So let's bring on Jackie Stolting. Good morning, Good morning Jackie. Jackie. Good morning. Thanks for having me. We're, we're honored and, and glad. To... Now, uh, Brett... Uh, Lesky, of course, who is the media coordinator for the Symmetra Tour, mentioned that you were actually uh, out in the golf course this morning. Is that correct? I am. I'm trying to get a practice round in, so uh, just on the third <laughs> hole here and being a little pit stop. <laughs> okay, well, I, well, we we appreciate that, and, and you, you can't ask for a better scenario than that. Um, so what event are you? Are you obviously an event uh, uh, this week? What's the event? Uh, yes, it's the uh, Four Winds Casino, I believe, Invitational, and we're in uh, South Bend, Indiana, at Blackthorn Golf Club. Wow, very cool. Well, I know you don't have a lot of time, so let me just read out something real, real quick, and then we, we just have a few questions for you, and I, and I know that you have to go, so uh, we appreciate you taking this time. Uh, as I mentioned, of course, you won the uh, Fusilo Kia Championship, which I believe was, what, a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks ago. Right. Um and you actually made, as I understood, a 28-footer on the second playoff hole uh, to fend off uh, Emma Talley, who, of course, uh, was uh, also uh, in the hunt as well. And then the two of you went in uh, to a playoff, and you ultimately finished with a 9-under, 204 is your total score to win that playoff. Um, t- 
tell us first off, uh, obviously this was win number three for you, uh, first of the year. Um, how did it feel, obviously, to win the, to win the tournament, especially in that format? And how did you handle your nerves uh, during the playoff? Um, well, it was really exciting for me to win that tournament because my parents actually grew up in that area. And it was my, uh, in 2008, I believe, as my first professional tournament was at that. So oh, wow. A lot of, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of memories. And, um, you know, I've played well there in the past. I had the lead a few years ago and didn't win. So uh, to finally be able to win in front of, um, I had quite a bit of family and friends up there. Um, was really special oh, to me. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and my dad was on the bag, so that was really awesome to have him there. But you know, to to make a putt uh, when it really matters and to birdie a hole to win, uh, I, I can't say there's a lot of better feeling than that. Uh, it was really um, exciting. It was nerve-wracking, too, obviously, playing in the playoffs. But to be honest, when I made the turn, I was two over on my round, and I was two shots back. And I made three birdies coming in on my last, I think, five or six holes. So I I was wow. finally got my act together and uh, put some good holes <laughs> coming in. And so I kind of had that momentum going into the playoff. Um, and, um, you know, unfortunately, Emma hit a bad shot in the second playoff hole. And she had probably about eight feet for bogey. So I could two-putt, but I had been leaving my putts all short all day. And um, I hit it a little firm, but it went in the middle of the cup. So I was kind of glad it hit the hole, but... Uh, it's really exciting to be able to party to win a tournament. <laughs> that's awesome. Let me ask you yeah, a question. How did you change your mindset from the front nine being two over to the back nine in the pursuit of give it all you got? What did you do? Uh, hmm. Well, you know, I really, I I think I've, I've probably heard it a lot on, uh, you know, watching golf on TV, but they really say tournaments don't start until the back nine on Sunday. And I really, that's what mm-hmm. I told myself. And I hadn't um, played bad on the front, but I had uh, two three putts, and um, I was two over on the front. And I and I just, I wasn't, it was windy, and um, when we made the turn, the wind kind of died down. And the back nine, I had played well all week. I had shot a 30 on the back nine and a 32 on the back nine. So I knew that I could play well on that side. And I, um, I made, I think, like a 12-footer on maybe my 13th hole and uh the next hole I got a really good kick and I hit it to about four feet from the hole and I just kind of went through sailing from there I, I think sometimes you just need need a good break and uh that's kind of what I got and that really helped me uh shoot some low numbers on the back there let me ask you a question I'm on the website now it shows you've only played twice this year is that true uh no <laughs> this year <laughs> No, I've played every turn. I played every turn. Oh, okay, okay. It said view, view all results. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Now, do you have okay. any status at all on the LPGA Tour? Uh, no, I uh, I lost all my status from last year, and then at Q School, uh, I missed status by two strokes. So, mm. um, just focusing out here on the Sunshine Tour, I did qualify for the Open, so I am going to play in that in a couple weeks. But, uh, but no, mostly I'm just going to stay on the Symmetra Tour and try and earn my card that way. Perfect, perfect. And where did you go to college? I went to Florida Southern College. It's a small school, um, Lakeland, Lakeland. Florida. Yeah, Lakeland. That's a great school. Are you kidding? It it is a great school. I mean, we won a national championship my junior year, so we had a pretty good golf team. Yeah. Now, when did your parents move away from Albany? 
Uh, when they went to college. Okay. And they haven't, yeah, they didn't, they haven't um, moved. I never lived there. We still, ha- like I said, we still have some family, and they have quite a bit of friends up there. Oh, that's good, because I live in Buffalo, so I'm, okay. I like New York. Yeah. Yeah. Now, are you going to be in Rochester? I will be there. Good. I'm going to come and find you with all my little LPGA girls golf club girls. So you oh, have to awesome. be friendly to us. <laughs> oh, that'll be I'll very be, fun. I'll be the only lady with all these cute little ducklings behind me. Oh, good. <laughs> Jackie, let me ask you real quick. Um, you know, obviously coming into another tournament here, um, you know, pretty much fresh. I mean, I know it was a couple of weeks ago, but it's still fresh in your mind, your, your win uh, up in Albany and that. Um, what's your mindset coming into the tournament this week? To be honest, my actually my I won twice last year. I, I when I um, lost my card in LPGA, I went and played three snatch tour events, and I won back to back. And there's actually a week off in between. So for me, I, I you know I'm having similar thoughts and feels like I did last year when I won the first time and then had a week off. So uh, my game feels really good, and I really like this golf course. I finished third here uh, two years ago, so. I'm excited to play this week, and my, you know, I'm just going to try and keep the momentum going. Fantastic. What do you What do you consider um, your strongest part of the game, and what's your weakest area of your game? I would say strongest is uh, right now my ball striking. I've been hitting it really close, and uh, fortunately lately I've been making a lot of the putts. Um, and my probably my weakest part of my game is my bunker play, but I have a solution. It's just don't hit into bunkers. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not a girl. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a good thing, and that that all falls in really to the to the mental side of the game as well as is is strategy and 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 not allowing. Um, you know, as you know, Jackie, I'm sure playing as a professional, you hear this a lot from amateurs that a lot of amateurs fear. Um, the bunker shots. Um, they just once they see it going in the sand, fear just sort of creeps in. As a professional, that's obviously a little different kettle of fish. You, most professionals don't really fear uh, bunker shots. But um, what do you say to yourself when, when on occasion you do hit it into a bunker? Um, what do you say to yourself uh, as you prepare for the shot? Um, you know, yeah, I don't have that fear with bunkers. I think for me, more it's just um, you know giving myself an opportunity to get it up and down. But uh, um, you know, my biggest thing is making sure that I hit down on the sand, um, you know, trying not to get clean. And I think the biggest thing for me is as I travel each week, bunkers are different. And so that's, right. you know, sometimes the consistency of sand is different. And so for me, that's kind of where I struggle is trying to figure out, um, you know, is it, is it a thin lie? Is it a thicker lie with sand? So, you know, I'm really just trying to picture and visualize the shot. Yeah, I, I, and I agree, and I think a lot of amateurs don't practice um, their bunker play very much, and that's probably why they fear that shot so much. And obviously a lot of professionals, you know, you get in the sand, you'll throw several balls in there, and you'll, you'll practice and, and get a feel of the, the lay of the land, if you will, or how the, how the sand is, is, is feeling in that particular golf course. And as you said, it just pointed out, it changes from week to week. Um, different areas of the country are going to, obviously, the sand is going to react and, and feel a little bit differently from, uh, you know, down south up to, of course, up in Albany. Um, 
what what's what do you see moving forward for Jackie? Obviously, you want to get back on the LPJ tour ultimately, but uh, what what's your goal? What's your your short term goals, and what are your long term goal? Um, you know, this year I'm really trying to just focus on playing good golf every week, um, and I think if you can do that, then everything will take care of itself. But uh, you know, obviously finishing the top ten is a goal. At the beginning of the year, my goal was to be player of the year, but Madeline Satcham has really started off really hot. Uh, so she's, I think, about right. $70,000 ahead. So I have a little bit of uh, work to do to do that. But, um, I, you know, for me, it's just I, I want to be able to walk off each round and feel like I did my best that day no matter what the score is. So, you know, I think with golf, like you said about mental game, is that you just have to be satisfied and happy and commit to every shot. And I would say that's definitely a short-term goal, is, is if I can commit to every single shot. Um, you know, hopefully I can play well enough to win again. So, you know, hopefully I can do that. And, and there's plenty of tournaments left, and I'm excited for the rest of the year out here. Yeah, well said. And um, and, and I'm quite certain um, from, from what we've read that uh, there won't be an issue for you to, to put another one under your belt very, very quickly, maybe even this week uh, coming off uh, an earlier win. Um, Cindy, I, I know we've got to let her go. Do you have anything else that you want to uh, ask her before we uh, we let her get back to her practice round? Did you win a free car? Did I what? Did you win a free car? I did. I won a uh, <laughs> Kia Forte. So my dad's actually flying up on a, next week and driving it home for me. So since I'm out on tour, oh, cool. I can't really go pick it up. So uh, that w- I've never won a car, so that was really exciting. Usually you have to make a hole-in-one to do that, and all I had to do was make a hole-in-two in the last hole, I guess. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> That's awesome. Congratulations, That's my awesome. dear. Thank you. Thanks so much. I appreciate yeah, could- it. You're welcome, have a great uh, Jackie. Week. Uh, again, you have a great week. Congratulations again, and much continued success. And you're welcome back anytime. Uh, hopefully, you'll be able to spend a little bit more time with us. But thank you for for taking some time this morning. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. All right. That was uh, Jackie Stolding, uh, winner of the Symmetra Tours uh, Fusilo Kia Championship up in Albany, New York. Um, you know, I, I've said this probably a, a hundred times at least, if not more. Um, what's very interesting about a lot of these young ladies that come on here, particularly from the Symmetra Tour, Cindy, is is just the, the positive energy, number one, but just the confidence that they have in their games. I mean, they, you know, when you ask them about what's their weak game, I mean, they all have, you know, we all have an area that needs work on, but uh, they just seem to have a confidence and an assurance. And that's not arrogance or cockiness or, or what have you. That's just the confidence of knowing and the self-assuredness because they've been out there and they're working hard just as, as, uh, as you have over the years and you're, you know, confident in, in many areas of your game as well. And that's just a testament to what some of the, the young ladies are coming up through uh, the ranks, if you will, uh, in, in women's golf. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's hard work and they, you know, it's the character that they develop in the process to me, you know, it, right. they understand, they learn so much about themselves, they gain confidence, awareness, you know, the, and the support, her dad was on the bag, they happened to be at home, yep. she made the birdie pot, it's like, wow, how cool is this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I want to just go back, well, we've got a few minutes here before Sue uh, joins us uh, on the discussion this morning. Um, again, you were at the KPMG last week, and um, you know a lot of great things. 
what do you hope uh, what well, first off what did you take away from the summit um and, and what do you hope um with some of the efforts that are made at, at that particular event uh and and through the summit um what do you see happening uh, in women's golf as as you move forward from that um i see that companies are becoming aware that they need to help the women become better leaders and get behind them on the bandwagon. So the PGA of America ran this event and they're 20 some thousand strong with their secretary being Susie Whaley. And Susie will be the president in the, I think 2020 um, of the PGA of America, which is the first time a woman will ever be the president of the PGA of America. So I think they see what's coming and that they need to pay attention. And it was really nice to see um, them becoming aware of that and, you know, pulling all punches just to say this is, you know, inspire greatness. These are the women of golf and they're the best in the world and there's a bunch of women leaders. So there were women from all over the place. I mean, I, I taught people from Amazon, from Chevron, from, KPMG to KKR to all kinds of companies from all over the country. And it was just very, very cool to see. Yeah, I I think it's, you're right. I think organizations are starting to see, and and I think really a lot of it, and I hate to, you know, this is a word that gets thrown around a lot, but it really has been over the years, a a grassroots movement. Um, It's taken a while for corporate America to finally sort of open its eyes and recognize that, that women uh, are a, a powerful force and and can be in you know both on and off the golf course and in and out of business and I think they're starting to realize with the help of of you know um, great ladies like yourself and many of the others um, throughout the golf organizations but um, I, you know I think they're starting to recognize that um, this is an avenue that they need to take seriously and I'm glad that they are because it, you know it's exciting it I think the next decade is going to be very very exciting not that the last several decades haven't been, but I think it's even going to be more exciting as we move forward in women's golf. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Yeah. And and not just on the tours either. I mean, obviously that's uh, always gaining momentum, but um, it's just interesting because, you know, we've had the pleasure of having a number of different, uh, um, you know, women guests who are entrepreneurs, not just in the golf business, but um, who play golf and uh, use it as as a valuable business tool. And I think they're starting to recognize that now, um, just some of the many advantages of playing golf and what you see so many of them want to give back too. They, they've recognized what it's done for them um, business wise and how it's helped and enriched their lives. And now they're wanting to give back. And it was interesting. I laughed, you know, I'm obviously not on air, but I laughed inside when you said about, you know, all these little ducklings um, following you, you know, um, going to Rochester and it, and it just goes to show you that, you know, what you're doing now is really a mentorship for a lot of these uh, young kids, and especially these young girls. Um, they're going to be the future of the game. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. And so that's kind of, it's fun because the girls on the Symmetra tour, when they first look at you, they're like, okay, who's the whole old lady? But then when you show them how, you know, warm, caring, loving, and how uplifting you can be, 
their yeah. whole mindset changes, and they're like, oh, okay, she's not a grumpy old witch, you know. So right. again, it's it's a matter of giving back and caring and showing them you care, and I think then you know you can, they might be open to asking questions, and they don't realize that you've been where they want to go. So you know, right. I, I, how how many U.S. Opens has she played in? I don't know. Clearly, she's going to play in one in a couple of weeks. I've played in five, right. you know. And so, right. again, it's just, but they don't see that because sometimes they don't think about the past. You know, they don't understand that someone's been in their shoes. And, and I think it's very good for them to realize that and to say, you know, hold out your hand and say, hey, I'm here to help if you want it. And that's funny that you said that because we brought that up at the executive committee meeting because there's another young girl when I was at the Symmetra Tour Legends Tour event in South Carolina. Her name is Emma Jandow, which I, I'm going to reach out to her and see if I can get her on the show. Okay. And, she's, and I think I mentioned this after I was there. She said, you know, you really know how to give a clinic. Can you teach us that? And during mm-hmm. the executive committee meeting, uh, Vicki Getz-Ackerman and, and Mike Wan, I said, you know, I'm open and willing to help teach these kids how to relate to people better. Because sometimes all they do is put their head down and play golf, and they don't know how to look out and the gallery and see that that's who's paying the bill. And and if I can right. help them relate to the people better, then I can help them get more sponsors. And, you know, again, why am I here and what can I do to help you? And that's, I think, the mindset we need to have. Yeah, you're, you're so right. Um, I see that uh, it looks like Sue's uh, ready to come on board, so let's bring her on. Let me just uh, do a quick introduction here, and then we'll bring her on and, and uh, continue on our conversation. Uh, our, our very special guest coming up the second half of the show, of course, is Sue Weiger. She is the uh, number one best-selling author, a keynote speaker, and a 22-year veteran as a Class A uh, LPJ golf professional. Uh, she also operates uh, her own golf academy, uh, which is a multi-service golf instructional business. Uh, the SWGA, which is the Sue Weiger Golf Academy for short, uh, is a comprehensive learning and performance institute uh, which incorporates innovative golf biomechanics, club fitting, golf fitness, and mental training to maximize uh, each individual player's potential. Uh, she also creates and develops uh, team building, motivational, and sports enhancement training for corporations, schools, and universities. And she has a master's in psychology and bachelor's degree uh, in education. And we're going to talk to her about uh, really kind of an interesting book um, that I, I want to learn a little bit more about, and that's uh, golf, the last six inches. Change your brain, change your game. We're going to talk to her a little bit about that as well. So let's bring on our very special guest, Sue Weiger. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Well, thank Good morning you. and welcome to the show, Sue. Thank you, and thank you for having um, me on. Let me ju- well, we appreciate it. Um, Sue, let me just, since I sort of let the cat out of the bag, if you will, a little bit, um, let me just ask you the first and foremost, I, I found it very interesting when I was reading through some of the notes um, that uh, your book, the, the Golf, The Last Six Inches, Change Your Brain, Change Your, your Game, you know, Cindy and I have talked about this many, many times in the show about really the mental aspect of the game really being sort of at the forefront uh, front, excuse me, of, of being a good golfer, I think. You know, having a physical ability is great, but really how the mind works and how it can help you navigate. So tell us a little bit what went behind the book uh, and putting this book together and a little bit of what uh, readers can find in the book. Yeah, um, I put the book together because um, I've been doing workshops for um, the last five years, and, you know, it's, 
I ask people, we talk about the golf, and we ask the first question we always ask them is, so how many of you think what or, or what percentage of your golf game is mental? And 100% of the time, whenever we get the answers to this question, everyone says, oh, it's at least 80%, maybe 90%. Some of them say 100%. So my next question to them is, right. Thing, well, how are you training for it? You know, how are you, what tools and strategies are you using? What are you doing on the practice range? What are you doing on the golf course to help yourself, you know, create a peak performance mindset? And and most of them look at me like a deer in a headlight. They just because they don't know. <laughs> and that's what right. the, that's what the, the book is about is to teach people how to um, basically think differently, feel differently, and play differently. Um, because that's what they're looking for. They're looking to understand like well well why can i do it why can i hit a really good shot and then the next time i get, i don't do it um and so the book gives people tools to help them understand what they can actually experience on the golf course and understand the difference between non-peak performance mindset and peak performance mindset does that um, um that's where it comes from Right. Let me ask you just a little bit, um, you know, because what's interesting in the part of the title, of course, is to change your brain, change your game. Um, yeah. What is typically sort of the mindset of the average golfer, and what specifically are you trying to help them to understand they need to – what changes are you looking for um, should golfers – and I'm talking, of course, about the amateur golfers, not the professionals, but the amateurs particularly. Um, what's sort of their mindset now, day-to-day, if you will, um, on the golf course, and where do you want – where are you trying to get them to? Yes, most of them, um, we talk about patterns and, you know, what their behavior does. And and the first thing that's for them to understand is thoughts control their emotions and emotions control their actions and their decisions. And so a typical amateur golf course or a, a golfer will come up with their, their self-talk is usually typically like this. You know, I don't belong here. Um, I don't trust myself. I, they, they use the word trying a lot. They don't use the word trust. They use the word trying. So their self-talk is very limiting in regards to their belief system because your belief system, your self-talk comes from your belief system. So they have lack of trust. They are very focused on mechanical mode versus playful mode, understanding the difference between mechanics and just playing. Um, they have a lot of negative self-talk, and there's there's a lot of self-doubt. And so that's that's basically what we call a definition of the non-peak performance mindset. What we're trying, what we're going to teach them to do using the tools in the book is to get them to understand what a peak performance mindset is, which is, you know, trusting yourself and having a different positive self-talk in your pre-shot routine. And even after in the post-shot routine, it's really important to understand what your state and your story is because you'll change your strategy based on that. They'll have empowering beliefs. We teach them how to... Um, there's a tool in the book called Create It, Name It, Train It, and it's meaning creating your peak performance state really physically and emotionally what that is to them so that they can anchor that inside the body and that they can call it up when they need to so they can trust themselves. They have a different um, different direction with self-talk. Um, they're only focused on themselves rather than working on other external distractions and, and teaching them what playful means in regards to the game, because the game is about playing, not not about thinking all the time about how to do something. Right, right. Well said. You know, as I'm sure you know, um, Cindy is is a big proponent of of this as well. And you know, Cindy, I know you probably got a myriad of questions as well to, to ask. So um, I'm going to let you uh, you go ahead as uh, and and ask some questions now. 
How do you teach them to play more? Because I totally agree with everything you're saying, and I'm so glad you wrote the book, and it's awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, we teach them what, what, what's called a little triad. triad. Um, it's called focus, language, and physiology. It actually comes from uh, Tony Robbins' teaching of peak performance. And we teach them about what their, where the focus is because most, most of the focus, is, like you said, is like we talked about is their focus is on mechanics. We teach them to focus differently out out in front rather than what's right in front of them called the golf ball. <laughs> um, for example, we would we would teach them in regards to it's all about focus on the target, 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 target. And and some of them, as you all know, um, everyone's a little different in regards to how they learn visually, auditory, and kinesthetically. So um, we teach them in regards to um, the first thing we do in our workshops is we go out and play six holes, and all we do is journal their self-talk. And we listen to what they say to themselves. We listen to the, what they say to each other because their language comes, their self-talk comes from their belief system and their subconscious. So you can rewire the subconscious because usually as in regards to understanding the subconscious is 95% of your operating system. So it will always default back to. So you could say to yourself, for example, self-talk, I'm a great putter, I'm a great putter, I'm a great putter. But on the other side of your shoulders saying, okay, that's BS, you're not. And that's your, that's your true belief in your subconscious coming out and will always um, override that, or that conscious thought of saying, oh, I'm a good putter because it's your, it's your true belief system. So you can, you can teach people how to not only with um, uh, self-talk, but um, you have to wire that in the, in the nervous system, and that's where the physiology comes in. So, for example, when you walk up into a free shot routine, what's your body actually not only feeling like, besides just feeling confident, um, but be playful. Like, have some fun. Use playful language instead of um, belief language of, like, well, you know, I'm afraid I'm going to miss this putt low, or I'm going to afraid. It really it starts with their self-talk, and then the next thing it starts with their language, or not their language, but the physiology of the body. So the name it, train it, um, or create it, name it, train it uh, tool is just an internal scorecard to understand what they're doing over golf shots. So we teach them on the range, and then we go on the golf course, but if we teach them on the range, it's like, okay, we're going to hit 10 shots, and I want you to walk up and just feel like you're a kid again. I want you to go to what we call your happy place, and I'm sure you've heard that before. It's like you get to pick sure. where the happy place is, um, and it's creating a different state in, in your mind or in your mind emotionally and physically when you're standing over the ball. It's not about like, oh, I'm, a, I'm afraid to hit the shot. So – they have they have to go back to being children again in the sense of their physical body and emotionally like hey I'm just gonna have fun I'm not I don't have expectations because um, it 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 becomes they're so worried about the outcome instead of just creating and we teach them how to create things rather than worrying about the outcome does that make sense absolutely perfect how do you yeah, rewire perfect. the subconscious give me an example. You know, like you say, well, I'm a great putter, and your your internal dialogue is, oh, no, my God, you aren't. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's a technique that there's a technique that I learned that you rewire your system. It's, um, uh, it's through what's called Psych K. Uh, it comes from um, the, the, um, the, there's a great book out there with Dr. Bruce Lipton. Yeah, it's called The Biology of Belief, um, and it's, it's a, a neuroscience um uh, a book understanding that our cells have memory, not our muscles. And in order to rewire something, you have to anchor it and you have to emotionalize it. 
So here's an example. After you hit, after you, let's say you hit a golf shot, and afterwards you like throw a club because you're not you're, you're upset about the club or you're upset about the shot. Excuse me. And so what happens is that physical motion actually is anchoring in that emotion in your in your in your nervous system. So it whatever you highly emotionalize, you will anchor it in your long term memory. Does that make sense? So yeah. mm-hmm. if if on a on a good shot, because I ask my players all the time, I said after a good shot, what do you what do you say to yourself? What do you do? And they're like. Some of them are like saying, well, I really don't do anything. I'll just say, oh, good shot. They never own it. They never emotionalize it. Whether or not you do it externally or internally, you must emotionalize it because that's, that, that's where you'll bring that experience into your subconscious and you'll, you'll um, what I want to say, is anchor it into your long-term memory. Too many times golfers pay attention because we're wired for negativity because our brain and our nervous system is brain, or, um, wired for fight or flight. Because that's the way we're made. So we need right. to, after, after a shot, after a shot, whether or not it is a good shot or a, if it's a good shot, we want to emotionalize it. You want to own it. You want to say to yourself, well, that was me, rather, rather than like, well, that was just lucky. That's a different self-talk. And right. then after a bench, and after a bad shot, so what do, let, what do people do um, after a bad shot? Sue, let me ask you a question. And, you know, uh, right. Let me, let me ask you a question um, that I was thinking here while, while you were talking. If – if somebody is is utilizing some of the different techniques that you talk about in the book, and mm-hmm. obviously we know that that any change that you make takes time; it doesn't happen overnight. Um, but let's say you know somebody's using the different techniques, and and obviously the first few times that they're doing it, they're they're going to have some successes, they're going to have some some um, failures, if you will. What uh, mm-hmm. what do you do at that point afterwards? You know, let's say they've gone out and played a round of golf, and they're they're trying some of the different things that you're doing while they're playing. Um, and they come out and still maybe haven't utilized some of the success that they're hoping for, what do they do now? What steps do they do now to, to not sort of allow themselves to fall back? Well, again, just like anything else, you know, um, you know, they always say perfect practice makes perfect performance, but it's not about perfect. Um, you know, we're human right. beings. We're, we're not human doings. So our body changes every day. Our, you know, our as far as like with golfers, because we're such in a dynamic movement um, in regards to when we play, you have to be more accepting with yourself um, and, and understand that, yes, this is a process and it's not about consistency. It's about modification and understanding how to utilize the tools and be mindful to saying, understanding, well, you know, what can I learn about myself today? And who, who am I today? Because, if yesterday you're you're hitting a six iron one hundred and fifty yards and today you're not, it's that's normal. But right. people beat themselves up all the time, thinking, "Well, you know, I should be this person yesterday." I'm like, "No, we're in the present. We focus on what's here and now, versus you know what happened before." So it's a matter of understanding who you are, trusting yourself every day, um, and ask yourself, "Okay, what was good about today? What did I learn about myself today?" And, and that's, you're right. It takes a process. And, and golf is like life, and life is like golf. It's a journey. Um, you know, we have expectations based on we have a practice round and we shoot our best score. And then the next day in, in, in the tournament, we have we don't have the best score, but we have expectations thinking we're going to have that. And, and that's not what golf and life is about. It's understanding what we do here and now 
and what we learn from ourselves, and and we need to become mindful of that. I hope that answered your question. Right. No, that's perfect. And and, and just one sort of quick follow up, and then and then Cindy, I'll I'll jump back to you. Um, you obviously have heard you know the expression I'm, I'm sure many many times as Cindy and I both have in our uh, golf experiences. Um, amateurs will come up to you and say, well, you know, how do I take my range game uh, out in the yeah. golf course? Um, how do you respond to somebody that tells you that? The first question I ask them is, what are you doing on the practice range? You know, really pay attention to be mindful of what are you doing on the range. Are you just hitting balls? You know, are you having fun? You have no expectations because it's, it's, we're in a totally different state of mind when we're on the practice range. People don't practice right. like they play. And that's the problem. We have to teach our players how to practice the play, not to practice the swing. And that's a whole different way of understanding and a philosophy of, of going to the range, you know, like Vision 54 says, you know, practice with a purpose. Why, why are you here? Um, and most people aren't, they don't understand why they're, why they're there. And so their, their state of mind is different. There's no pressure. There's no expectations. And so they perform different. And then as soon as they get on the right. golf course, what happens? There's an expectation. There's stress. They're in a different state of mind. Physically, they even feel different because they're nervous. Um, so things, they're, you want to call it an out-of-body out experience, that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Where, where, can, uh, where can the listeners, uh, if they're interested in getting a copy of the book, where can they go to find it? Uh, it is on Amazon right now. You can get it um, both digitally and both in paperback. Um, if anybody wants uh, a personal signed copy, just uh, send me an email through my website at, at sueyergolf.com, um, and it's S-U-E-W-I-E-G-E-R, golf.com. Um, and you can see um, I'm doing some retreats. We're doing a, retor- uh, a Sedona retreat in October. If they want to experience what we do, um, um, and then we, uh, I also do book signings and I'm traveling around a little bit this summer, um, just running into country clubs and running one-day workshops to just explain to people why mental golf training is important. That's awesome. Right, exactly. Well said. Um, Cindy? Um, tell us about the one-day workshops. How do you do them? Where are you, where are you going? How much are they? How do people set one up if they want to go? Yeah, if you um, – I can set up a custom workshop, um, you know, with someone you know, at a country club. We do um, host and keynote speakers. They can just contact me through the website. The one-day programs, um, depending on the facility, um, um, the cost usually runs um, as far as like a full-day um, program is like three ninety-nine. Um, the one in Sedona that we're going to run is a four-night, five-day stay, and it's about twenty-four hundred dollars. Um, it includes the, you know. Basically, it's all included, and we're going to have some experiential things with uh, some Jeep tours in Sedona and play some golf and do our uh, mental golf trainings in the morning. So it'll be a a full total immersion, as I call total immersion mind and body program. And do they play golf in the afternoons? Yes, we will do clinics in the mornings, what I call mental um, golf training, just to understand, you know, what to do, experience exactly how to practice differently on the range, and then take that application right onto the golf course, um, and they do play in the afternoons, and so that that way they can experience the tools and 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 use them as practice to get on the golf course without any pressure, so that they can start learning, you know, how to change their state, how to change their focus, how to change their language, um, right there on the golf course, 
um, and and just experience the difference of like, hmm, this is a different experience on how to play golf. Right, that's awesome. And do you do you go out there on the course with them? Oh, of course, yes, because we take our ACE Performance Journal because in um, in the book um, you can download the ACE Performance Journal for free. Um, and so you would read it, for example, read a chapter and then go into the ACE Performance Journal and actually practice some of the uh, the tools and the techniques um, in the journal. So you, it's a it's kind of a, a fun working um, book. It's not just where your book and sit on your table. And um, I I like to have people engaged in their learning, so that's why we created the ACE Performance Journal so they can actually um, experience and 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 work through the journal and that. And understand, like one of the questions is, are you a visual, auditory, and kinesthetic learner? You don't even know. And are you practicing, you know, with that modality in mind? Perfect. That's great. Very good. And they can get more information about these different clinics uh, on your website, Sue. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And it's sueweegergolf.com. And they can email me through the the website. And um, we'll be hosting some uh, webinars. And and get all these. yeah, and give it on some information. And we'll be hosting some webinar, webinars on the book um, just to further explain the tools and helping people understand, what, like, again, to think, feel, and play better. It's what the, we're just trying to promote the game and, and, and help uh, people understand that, wow, I can play. Because they've all hit a great golf shot. It's like, how do I do that again? <laughs> right, Exactly. Um, Sue, I wanted to talk about something, if we can, just a little bit. Um, I mentioned earlier in the program, um, you know, how how so many golfers and golf professionals give back. Um, You know, it's not just about giving lessons and and helping, you know, different folks uh, learn the game, but it's also giving back to to the community at, at large. And and as I know from reading through some of the notes that, uh, that Cindy had sent over that um, uh, you survived uh, breast cancer uh, actually for over 15 years now, and you host uh, a program called Golf for Life. Tell us a little bit about that, um, what the program does, and, and how you're uh, helping to not only create further awareness, but how you're helping to um, different you know, women deal with, with some of the issues that they're going to be dealing with. Yeah, um, you know, breast cancer was a gift for me. Um, it, it was that's how I looked at it because it really changed my life um, for for the better. Because it really woke me up. It really taught me about mindfulness, and um, I found yoga, and um, it really changed the trajectory of my life because of just the six weeks of recovery. You just start to really think about why you're here on this earth, and um, the golf for life program is is just. Um, my way, my way of definitely helping helping other women understand that you know the cancer, uh, the the c the c word is not death. It's just the start of a new life. And right. so it's a big you know golf course is about empowering women, and and that's that's basically what it is is to give them opportunity to understand life is not over, and um, that 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 your experience could be a gift. There's a reason things happen. Um, and it's all about mindset. It's like, you know, what what are you going to take from what's good about this? I mean, what, really think about what's good about it and, and teaching them about gratefulness. And and so I run programs and, and I just host um, a lot of breast cancer um, tournaments around. Uh, I'm originally from Nebraska, so I usually go back and, and do something every summer. And um, and then we do a program, lots of programs here in Arizona. Um, and I'll just I'll 
you know, I just um, donate my time and, and for keynote speakers and just tell my story. And my story is, is just a story, but it, 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 it tends to um, help people, or especially women, just understand that, wow, it is a gift, and it's just how you look at it and what, and what you do with it. So um, that's, that's what Golf for Life is about because it, it's, it, life is about it. It's, it's just uh, yeah, life is a gift, and you've got to cherish it every moment. Well said, and, and congratulations as well. Um, you know, the other thing, Sue, I think that also it, it helps a, a lot of other women um, is, is someone to relate to. You know, when they hear your story, for instance, uh, and some of the, the different challenges that you had gone through and, and how you, how you you know, have handled it in a positive way. You're not looking at it, as you said, a, 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 as, uh, as death. You're looking at it as a new life and a, and a different uh, beginning, really. And I think that helps women understand other women that may be going through or have gone through the same, um, you know, struggles that you may have gone through in your journey uh, just gives them a, a, a new outlook, if you will, on their lives. And, and that's got to be certainly very rewarding for you. Yes, it really, um, it's just, it's, it, it's more rewarding than well, I'll have to say when a beginner hits that perfect golf shot in the sweet spot, because when you just see that, their face after you talk to them about, you know, your my story and you listen to their story and and you just ask them, you know, what do you want to focus on and what's good about this? And they just start to, they just have that aha moment like, wow, I never really thought about it that way. And right then and there you know their life has changed because they're going to look at things differently and they're going to have diff- make a different decision based on their gratefulness versus based on their fear. Right, exactly. That's so true. Um, so true. Which boils uh, back down to mindset, you know. Absolutely. Are you grateful or are you griping, you know? Right, it's just a question of being mindful of really where, what are you focusing on? Um, because we all know that we're, you know, where where our focus goes, our energy flows. Um, that's the way our brain's wired. It, it's it's what, whatever we give energy to is what's going to happen. It's just like a golf shot. If you're standing over a par three and there's water in front and there's a bunker on the left and a bunker on the right, and all you're thinking about is all the hazards around it, and you have your brain, there's no way that ball, the body is going to take a golf ball to that green. It's going to go somewhere else because you're either going to manipulate the swing because, you, because of fear versus standing over the shot and all you're focusing is, is on the green. And that's all your focus is on. There's there's no internal distraction. There's no external distraction. Uh, our bodies are amazing on, on on how our nervous system is wired. And you better be careful what you're thinking about because thinking our thoughts are things and they come to be. <laughs> right. That's so it, you know, I, I had a... You know, I, I had a chuckle earlier, Sue. Um, I don't know if you caught any of the earlier part of the program, but Jackie Solding... Uh, was our, our very special guest. She's a, a recent winner again on the uh, Symmetra Tour. And I asked her, you know, her sort of strengths and weaknesses of the game and, and her weakness, uh, weak area, if you will, uh, if you want to call it that, was bunker play. And I said, well, how, you know, how do you handle that? And she said, I just don't hit it in the bunker. And really, right. you know, it, it kind of goes to what you're saying. If you, you know, she's not sitting there, even though she knows that that's not a strong area of her game, she doesn't dwell mm-hmm. on it. She doesn't let it sort of you know, seeing into her mind and fester and say, oh, no, I, you know, I better not hit it in the bunker. She just plays in, in such a way, and her mindset is, I'm not going to hit it in the bunker. But she knows how to handle herself if she does, 
but at the same time, right. it doesn't let her mind. And that, that's the problem, I think, with a lot of amateurs is, as you just pointed out, they see all of these different hazards and, and potential hazards, and they're not focusing, okay, where do I want the ball to go? They're focusing on where don't I want the ball to go. Exactly. And that's just understanding mindfulness is like even understanding that statement, what you just said, is like where you focus on. Are you focused on what you don't want or are you focusing on what you do want? And a very basic question is when you're standing over a golf ball in a pre-golf shot, you know, um, ask yourself, what do I really want? That basic question is just, and keep asking yourself, even if you have to ask yourself three different times, what do I really want? Well, I want to go there. I want to go there. I want to go there versus the question is, okay, there's a bunker on the left and don't miss it left and don't miss it right. And da, 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 da. they're all focused on what they're on, what they don't want. Just, fo- just like in life, focus on what you want. And then why do you want it? Like, well, I want to, be, I want to go there because it, it'll give me a better angle into the, you know, into the, into the green, whatever that is. But, you know, unfortunately amateurs, yeah, they focus too much on what they don't want versus what they do want. Right, exactly. Um, let me ask you just sort of a, a final question, if I can. And I, I thought this would be kind of interesting to ask somebody that's in the profession. Um, you, so you've worked with a lot of uh, greats in the game. You've you've worked with you know Catherine mm-hmm. Roberts uh, and her uh, company and the Golf Channel and mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. the EWGA. Of course, you do a lot of work there. And John Jacobs. Let me ask you something. Um, having worked with so many different great men and women in the golf industry, what do you think you've learned? Uh, from them, you've obviously helped them uh, with their organizations and that. But what do you think you've learned from all of the different people that you've had the opportunity to work with? I've learned that I'm still learning because people have so there are so many great people out there in our industry and outside of our industry that you can learn about yourself um, and, and how to empower yourself. I learn from them every day. That's why I'm a I'm a life lifelong learner, and I think once you stop learning, you're dying and I just think that, um, you know, with Catherine, with her yoga for golf, the mind-body is is so intrigued. She came to me, just a quick little story, she came to me 15 years ago right before my breast cancer. I was a director of instruction. I was going through my six weeks of recovery and my double mastectomy, and she called our golf course then. Um, I said, I can't even swing a club. I can't stand putt, but I'll meet with you, you know. And she taught me how to breathe. Literally on the playing green, she taught me how to breathe correctly, and it was amazing. So that's just a prime example. So you know, I would advise everyone, you know, don't be afraid that don't think that hey, I have it all and I'm ready and I'm you know I have the secret. There is no secret. It's about lifelong learning, learning right. from each other. You know, I, I've learned so much from everyone. I mean, there you know I could tell you stories and stories and stories, but that's what it's about. It's about you know connecting with other people. We're human beings. We need to have connection and, and learning from each other is, is so powerful. Um, because you can take it, um, take it into your own life and say, Hmm, how can I apply this positively? Um, no matter what happens with the relationship that you have with someone. The bottom line well is, said. Um, yeah. <clears throat> is what kind of relationship do you want with yourself first? And that happens on the golf course. <laughs> That's not funny, but it is. <laughs> Hello. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's true. Um, Sydney, any final thoughts or, or comments or questions that you have? 
And no, but thank you so much, Sue. This was great. I so appreciate you sharing with us and being our guest today because we all needed to hear this. Well, I appreciate it and the opportunity, you know, just to, to share the message and keep promoting the game, you know, in a different way and, um, you know, let me know how else I can be of service. And I just wish you both continued success with the, with the show. And, and, again, let me know how I can help. And that's what we're all here for. Thank you well, so, so much. We would, we, yeah, we would love to have you come back on and, and spend a little bit more time with us, and we'll, we'll definitely do that here um, before too long. But uh, on, on behalf of Cindy and I, thank you very, very much. Uh, we appreciate you giving of your time, and, and just keep going and doing the great work that you're doing and, and, uh, and enjoy this life journey. Yes, you as well, and um, you know, just keep changing your brain and changing your game within everything and every aspect of your life. <laughs> All right, That's for sure. Perfect. Thank. You. All right, thank All you. Right. Have a great thank one, you. Sue. All right. Hey, you All too. Right, thank you so much. Bye bye. Wow, what a great uh, you know inspiration you know to, to uh, as she said, not, what a positive message really you know as she said it's not uh, she looks at really as a blessing. Um, you know, receiving the cancer and, and dealing it the way that she did. And, and I just think that's, that's fantastic. And that's really why, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to, to bring that up and talk about it because, um, you know, it, it isn't, uh, it, it isn't the, the end of life, um, uh, you know, for, for many out there, it's an opportunity really to learn and grow from it. So um, great story. And, and uh, she's a great individual. And we want to thank all of you. Um, Cindy, it's, it's good to have you back. I, I, I missed you. It was fun to, um, you know, to talk again. I know you've got lots of uh, great things uh, for the rest of the week out there to do and, and many, young, many young minds to, uh, to, to help mold and shape. So uh, please do that. And on behalf of Cindy Miller and myself, uh, I'm Ted Odorico, and we are truly honored and blessed to have all of you join us each and every week. And we want to uh, help uh, get you to spread the word and, and let you know that we're here to stay. We want to continue to help grow women's golf and have some great guests um, on the show each and every week. So uh, spread the word. Go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf. Share that link as many times as possible and say this is some great program that's going to be here every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time just for us women. So you get out there and do that. We'll be more than happy to keep it growing. So thank you very much on behalf of Cindy Miller and I. And we will see you next week. Cindy, thank you and God bless. Thanks, Ted. Have a great week. All right. You too. Bye bye.